0: Good morning, everyone. Oh, it's been cold, hey? Woo! But we live in a state where it gets cold. Right? What do we got to complain? Has God given everyone a warm house, I hope? Yeah? A way to get to church on the weekends? the way to provide for yourselves, you know? He is good to us no matter how cold it is. So it's good to be here with you again uh, this morning, it was great having, if you haven't noticed it by now, the uh, children worship with us at the first front of our uh, service together and it's so good to have them and see them engaging in worship and it just, it just warms my heart, it really does and I'm so glad now they're back in their room and learning and uh, being taught by our, our teachers who are so good and so faithful each and every week. So it was just good to see them uh, here, so if you're new with us uh, today welcome uh, that's kind of the program we're trying to get our kids in here just to get used to um, worshiping with us as a family and then also the you know exit them out and get in their own teaching times so I'm so grateful that you're here welcome everybody of course we're in this series of giving And uh, last, um, well, we started the whole thing with giving with um, has purpose. Uh, That was our first week. And then our second week, of course, was giving sacrificially. And this week, we're going to talk about giving cheerfully. And so as I was preparing this week, I kind of thought about, man, these guys are probably just tired of me talking about giving. (laughs) You know, come on, we're doing this for a month. Can't you change it up a little bit? Well, it's uh, pretty interesting, us as believers, um, why we have to do this, probably the best way to illustrate this is give you a kind of a real life example if I could um, we've all seen the joy right when you give a child a gift and how their, their, their face just lights up and their arms are out to receive the gift you know and we know what that's like when we look at them but isn't it interesting the transformation that takes place when you tell them to share with a sibling <laughs> <laughs> it's like watching a transformer movie, you know. There's arms turn into these claws, and they grab this thing and suck it into themselves, and they don't give up. Do they, they don't want to give up this thing that has been given to them? But it's interesting. Uh, God's children are the exact same thing, you know. These kids, um, they haven't learned these concepts yet they're primarily concerned with themselves right and in really just trying to hold on to the things that they got they're in like survival mode when you're a, a small child you know you're only concerned about yourself concepts like sharing and lending and borrowing are concepts that have to be learned those are things that they have to learn how to do they have not yet developed the uh, empathy for others, you know, with their other siblings and other kids in their class, maybe. They've not seen um, things from another child's perspective. It's just something they haven't been um, taught or haven't learned yet. Their hearts need to grow. Um, until the child learns these concepts, however, they only um, share with their siblings out of necessity when mom or dad says you need to share that thing that's the only time they relent or they give do you know this can be true of us as well as Christians you know especially of us as young Christians is um, learning what it means to be a Christian you know we've got really when we're making this transformation from one world to the next, from one kingdom to the next, there's going to be some new kingdom living that we, ne- we need to learn how to do. So that's why we're spending like a month just to make sure that we all have this concept and the idea of what it really means to give. So just like our young children, our youngsters need to learn, uh, we as a church... want to make sure that we know these concepts as well um remember biblical giving is a matter of joy not of obligation um you remember the um definition i kind of put out i think we have it on the screen yes it's on the screen biblical giving is the overflow of joy in god that gladly and lovingly meets the need of another person And this is what we see in the life of a a young child. They're not so joyful about sharing their things with another sibling until they learn that concept of joy, until they learn that concept of love. And so the question for us this morning, and this is, usually I give you three or four questions to answer, but one, we're only targeting one this morning. Are we cheerful givers? is the question for us all to answer this morning. But before we answer that question, we need to pray. Because this is, a, this is one of them. So let's pray. Lord, thank you um, for you, for the gift of your Son, so that we may know eternal life. Lord, we're so grateful that you love us and you hung with us even when we, while we were sinners. Christ died for us. And so, Lord, as we explore today... This idea of being a cheerful giver and what, how joyfully it really can be done. Uh, Lord, we just ask you to move our hearts around to where they need to be. Teach us these concepts. Help us understand these things. Um, Lord, you just want to bless us. I know you do. Your scripture said that. So, Lord, help us understand today, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, we're going to start out in Second Corinthians today. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 I'm going to start in verse 7 and then we'll explain a little bit what's going on here so verse 7 says so let each one give as he purposes in his heart not grudgingly or of necessity for God loves a cheerful giver Um, what's interesting about this verse it comes in the middle of chapter 9 but the The whole teaching really starts in uh, chapter 8, and this is of Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Uh, He's talking to them about some things, especially in the area of giving. Um, Really what the Corinthians were being um, encouraged to do was follow through with a collection that um, uh, for the church in Jerusalem which is really kind of interesting dynamic Uh, Jerusalem mostly Jews coming to Christ there's a church there and then Paul and the other evangelists are out in the world and they're evangelizing places like the Corinthian church and so now the Jerusalem church is in a little bit of tough times and there's a collection needed for them Um, So we have mostly, probably Jewish converts, some Gentiles in there. But then we got a pretty much all Gentile church in Corinth, in the being asked to give back to Jerusalem. It's kind of like the mother church receiving an offering from a smaller church is what the context is here today. And Paul's really just... Uh, reminded them that they had communicated over a year ago prior to this that they wanted to be in that collection they wanted to be part of that Paul was making it known that they needed uh, help and so what was going on there was Paul was just really reminding them hey guys you said a year ago you were going to get involved in this thing and uh, you haven't yet so this is kind of the context of what we're doing Paul first makes it known how the churches of Macedonia, a different set of churches, probably uh, Philippi and Thessalonica, they already gave their portion. In other words, they got excited and they got their monies together and they gave back to Jerusalem. And Paul's reminding them that they heard of the need and met that need by uh, joyfully contributing to that need. Um, Let's kind of start in uh, chapter 8 if we would just kind of reviewing this plea from Paul it says in 2nd Corinthians 8 verse 1 moreover brethren we make it known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia that in a great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality for I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, employing us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And not only as we had hoped for, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So Paul has made it known to the Corinthian church that there was evidence Of God's grace in these churches and what was this evidence their cheerful giving their cheerful giving in rough circumstances Uh, he noted in there that all these uh, churches although they were going through great trial of affliction he says their joy was abundant and even though they were poor they gave according to their ability and even beyond their ability and they freely did this. There was no pleading or no pulling the money out from their hands. This is so counter to the normal way of thinking, isn't it? I don't know about you guys, but when our household, when I'm in need and things aren't going, when my brakes go out of my car and my water heater breaks, I'm not so much thinking about others at that point. I'm just being honest with you. That's what we normally do, Right? We think of our needs, um, which brings us to our first point. Giving cheerfully has nothing to do with how much we have. And that's what these churches in Macedonia proved. Um, they gave cheerfully, even though they didn't have much, they gave And then what they did with that, they gave it abundantly. And in fact, the scriptures tell us they gave it beyond their means, beyond what they should have probably given. Cheerful giving can happen at any time and should not be contingent on the amount of resources we have. So what does it have to do with that? If if it's not contingent on what we have or the amount we have, 2 Corinthians 8, 5 says this, and not only as we hope for, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. The reason for generous giving and cheerful giving of the churches in Macedonia was because they had first given themselves to the Lord. There's the root or the start of all cheerful giving it was it was no problem for them to get involved in the lord's work even though they currently were in a great time of affliction why because cheerful giving has everything to do with our commitment to the lord so i want to i want to make sure that you don't understand or that you do understand that this isn't a month of getting you to, to give to the Journey Church. That's not what this is about at all. I mentioned that we wanted to be able to teach and what giving is and what cheerful giving is. And when in our definition, it talks about giving joyfully in God and for the benefit of other people. That's what the teaching is this month on giving. It's not about making sure we have all cool stuff here at the Journey Church. It's not that at all. I mentioned in another one of our our topics or sermons that, uh, yeah, we have to keep the heat on and the light bill paid and those things, of course, right? But if we're doing it right, our giving is going far beyond the walls of this church. Now, you saw Pastor Mika on our screen today. It was so fun to be just thinking through that how our small little church has been giving to someday they can have walls of their own you know and it's just through giving that those things can happen and uh, we're working on some things here locally in holly as well that we can be part of and it's just that is what giving is about it's not about us and even our four walls it's about outside of our walls so uh, G. Campbell Morgan says this, he says, Contributions to the work of the Lord are only valuable when they are gifts of those who are themselves yielded to God. And when you think through that, what he just said, or that quote from him, is that God is, with a value is coming really not of the gift, it's of the, the, con- contri- the person that contributes. So in other words, God sees values in the contributor, not the contribution. That's what this is about. That's what giving is about. God is seeing us. Uh, Mark 12, um, this is an example of this. Mark 12, starting verse 41, says, Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. He's watching. And many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which make a quadrants, So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, "Surely I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw. It's interesting, isn't it? That Jesus isn't watching over to scold or to, um, to maybe rebuke so much as he is. He just sees. He sees how much we give, and that's all that matters. It isn't about Pastor John and what he sees or the elders of the journeys of the church. And see, we don't sit there and tally every week what, what you guys are giving or any of those things. We leave that up to the Lord. He sees. He is the one who is watching over it would be good for us to remember that Jesus sees when we give. But he sees past the amount that we give and sees the level of commitment that we have to him. That's what I think I learned out of 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9. It's, a, it's our commitment to him that makes it possible that we even think about giving, that we even get to the point where we are uh, maybe even a joyful or cheerful giver. Jesus saw those who were rich putting in much. But he also saw the poor widow putting in little. He saw both. Jesus tells his disciples that she has put in more than all the others combined. So do you see, it's not about the amount, is it? Not at all. It's about that widow's heart. So what did she put in more of? She put in more of her faith. She had. She put in more faith into that collection jar that day than all the others did combined. What takes more for uh, faith for you and me—giving out of our abundance or giving when we have very little? What takes more faith? Just be honest. Right? It takes more faith, obviously, when we're we're stretched and when we don't have much. Giving cheerfully has nothing to do with how much we have, but is everything to do with our commitment to the Lord and to his will. So this morning in our quest to answer the question, are we cheerful givers? We must first answer, have we given ourselves to the Lord? That's the first question that needs to be answered. That's what the church in Macedonia, they got that, and Paul was revealing that to us and through the Corinthians in his letter, that they first gave themselves to the Lord. Once you do that, giving is a a no-brainer for you and for me. However, we do have to learn these concepts. We have to be taught these things, and we have to understand them. And uh, the Lord helps us do that in these two chapters. Of course, looking to the Lord for salvation and the forgiveness of sin is our first step, right? But have we committed ourselves to the Lord?
1: That's, That's the thing here today. Have we committed ourselves to the Lord? Yeah, it was great that
0: by by grace He has saved us through faith, right? But have we committed ourselves to Him and to His people? Um, is all we have His? In other words, is everything we have is His? We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Is everything that we have really do we recognize that it comes from Him and is it really His? and then when we give up just a small portion to take care of other people does that mean he is our lord or are are we not listening to him that's kind of the question is he really our lord are we taking our direction from him the grace of god transformed the life of the widow and the lives of those in the churches at macedonia that is why cheerful they gave cheerfully and they gave abundantly uh, because god had changed their hearts They were committed to him as they realized his commitment to them. And that's where cheerful giving comes from. So back for our scripture for today, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Did you notice the first part of that verse? It says, let each one... So giving cheerfully is a decision uh it it says there it says so let each one give as he purposes in his heart that word purpose means um to do something in other words we purpose to do this thing uh to come to a decision prior to or beforehand so paul's encouragement to us and this is obviously coming from the lord says so let each one give as he purposes So we have to have a plan. Scripture tells us that each one of us must purpose to give. This means making a prior decision to do so. In an earlier letter to the Corinthians, Paul encourages the church to make this decision in advance. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 16.2. It says, on the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collection when I come. In both of these verses, we see, let each one. So giving is a personal, individual decision. Rich or poor, all were to make decisions to give. No change for us today. And laying something aside on the first day of the week is a principle that we all can glean from. Um, We decide in advance to lay something aside on the first day of the week for the work of the Lord. And I say the first day of the week because this is uh, kind of a fun thing to think about. If we don't lay it aside on the first, or when we first get our paycheck or however we do our income, we'll spend it on something else. Almost guaranteed so this is a really cool uh concept a principle that we can glean from is that if we are to if we purpose in our heart to give to the lord and his purposes then we'll lay that aside because sooner or later you're gonna your water heater is gonna blow up and you're gonna need brakes on your car not that those things aren't important right but it seems like there's always something and uh, i know you you know what i'm talking about All of us have probably made uh, this mistake. We had good intentions of giving to the Lord, but never really laid it aside. And when it came time to give, we spent those monies. We don't have them to give. And so um, the Lord, we we aren't able to give to the Lord cheerfully. First, cheerfully, uh, giving cheerfully is a decision. We just noted that. But also, giving cheerfully comes from the heart. Of course, God has given us things, right? And that's where we know that they come from him. To care for ourselves and our own interests. I don't ever want that to be a thing uh, because we can get that upside down, that God wants me to give everything I have away and not care for myself. He does. But as we're reminded in Philippians uh, 2.4, we're also to have the other's interest in mind. We're also to have their interest in mind as well. Love is the catalyst of cheerful giving when it goes out beside our love and our care of ourselves. God so loved that he what? He gave, John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave. So God didn't just talk about it amongst us, write a scripture down and not do anything about it. God loved you so much. In fact, the price that he paid was his only son. Again, biblical giving is the overflow of joy in God that gladly and lovingly meets the need of another person. 1 John 3, 16 and 17 says this, by this we know love because he, capital H-E, Jesus, laid down his life for us and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren, for the brothers and sisters. But Whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? So this leads to giving cheerfully is not giving out of necessity or because we have to. So to help you with a little illustration here, I'm going to date myself a little bit. Anybody here remember Jack Benny or even know who he is? Okay, yeah, <laughs> funny comedian, pretty hilarious when you could actually watch comedians with not turning them off or bleeping, you know, that, that era. He had, a, um, he had a skit that he used to do. I don't know if you know or remember Jack Benny, but he, what his thing was, his persona on the stage was that he was a cheapskate. He was, he'd never want to give up his money. Well, in real life, when you study his life, he was the opposite. He would actually give to so many charities and different things. He was not that way at all. But he, one of his skits says that he was walking along when suddenly an armed robber approached him and ordered him, your money or your life? And there was a long pause, and Jack did nothing. And the robber impatiently inquired well and Jack replied don't rush me I'm thinking about it as funny as that may be we can be just like this right we can be just like that we've all felt the pressure to let go of our resources and like Jack Benny it can come down to a decision of our money or our life that's how how we can hang on to these possessions that we have. And, uh, it's just so funny to think about that. The Greek word for grudgingly is lipe, a state of unhappiness marked by regret as a result of what has been done. Unhappiness, regret, and sadness, this word is used a lot um, describing. This is the state of the person that finally gives in to the pressure and gives. They are saddened by their giving, and they regret it. Giving grudgingly regrets even before the gift is made. So when, we're, when we give grudgingly or out of pressure, we, we're sad before we even let go of it. And that's what the Bible is teaching us today. And and our topic today is cheerful giving. How do we get out of that sadness? How do we get out of holding on to it? Um, Lastly, Paul states that the attitude behind cheerful giving is that God delights in us, in the idea that we are giving cheerfully. God loves the person who gives cheerfully, in other words, with the proper attitude, not with the sadness prior to the giving, but is, is ready to give and is, is thinking about that and has made decisions to give and is just looking for an opportunity to give. A cheerful giver is a hilarious giver. And you go, where'd you get that? Uh, it's what the Greek word means. The cheerful means hilarious. So think about that. Go from sadness of holding on to giving, and it's hilarious. It's a blast. It's a joy. And if you've ever give with a, given with a cheerful heart, you know exactly what I mean. It's hilarious. It's like, I don't have the money to give this today, but I'm going to give it anyhow. <laughs> So many times, uh, Tamil and I, have had, we've been in this position. I don't know how this is going to work out, but I know one thing. Uh, I'm committed to the work of the Lord. I know that the Lord is uh, kind of speaking to me about this thing. I have no idea how this is going to work out. But we do it anyhow, and we do it cheerfully. Um, the, the cheerful or hilarious giver opens the way for God to express his love in countless blessings that's why he loves it when we give cheerfully so he can bless us even more 2 Corinthians 9:10 says now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your Righteousness. Of course, this is talking about God. He is, uh, He's making sure that there are seeds on the planet for, for even farmers to begin their planting and begin their, um, to get their crops started. He's talking about um, bread for food and supplying all the needs of and, and everything so that they can produce fruit. And it's He's given the farmer analogy here. Those who cheerfully give with proper heart and attitude for the benefit of others will reap certain rewards. First, he will multiply the seed you have sown. God promises that a cheerful giver will never run out of resources. So we're so afraid, remember like the little child, we're have to give up with, you know, sharing with siblings and things like that. We can get the same way, hanging on to these things. But the promise of God is that you're not going to ever run out of things to give. He'll see that cheerful heart. He'll see that proper respect, that proper heart to the things, to the care and love of other people, that he'll make sure that you have more to give away. And opportunities to give will abound. God will keep you supplied in both. So as you wonder, and did you ever noticed that before? When you like you give to one thing, next thing you know, there's another thing that pops up not too far from that. And it, it's just God doing, okay, you did a great job. This is awesome out here. I'll give you some more to give, but I'm also going to give you more opportunities to give. Secondly, he will increase the fruits of your righteousness. Giving to the needs of others produces righteousness. It is proof of, of your right standing with God. That's what righteousness is, being right with God. That means we're listening to God, and when we give, when he says to give, then it is proof that we're listening and that we want to be righteous. Paul's prayer here for the Corinthian church was that a result of cheerful giving um, was what they would receive fruit by a way of eternal reward. As God increased their ability to give, their rewards would increase accordingly as well. But special note, I just hate that I have to do the special note part of the sermon. The multiplying of seed and increase of the fruit is not a way to salvation. It's not how you get to God. It's not how you get eternal life. It is not it. Giving cheerfully and just throwing money around is... Not that's, You can't get salvation that way. Or can you gain uh, earthly wealth, as some have taught? Forgiveness of sin and right standing before God can only come through complete faith and trust in the atoning work of Jesus Christ through his death, burial, and resurrection. That's the only way that salvation can come. A great error has been uh, found in this found its way into the church and i just hate this part of it but it's called the prosperity gospel you've probably heard it said that way this false belief states that god will bless them or us with health wealth and prosperity as we give and that's the target of the prosperity gospel not being right with god not that isn't their target not being in a place that uh... is uh... listening to god or any of those things prosperity gospel is not focused on God it's focused on us what can we get in return for our giving that is not what God means or Paul uh, teaches us here in the letter to Corinthians it's not the kind of reward that we should expect nor is it the right heart that we should have when we give This is not a biblical promise, this prosperity gospel. I hope you know that. The true blessing of giving comes when we relinquish control of our lives and everything we have. When we let go, that is the true reward. That is the true fruit of being a cheerful giver. And then we obviously live a life devoted to God and to his will so as we kind of wrap things up here today we're going to conclude with this kind of a thought i set out this morning and ask you this one question usually i have more so you're getting off good today (laughs) am i a cheerful giver based on what you heard this morning that's what i'm asking you to think through very first thing the scriptures taught us about cheerful giving was like the macedonian believers are we committed to the Lord? Are we committed to him? I mean, not just the, I've said the prayer when I was eight years old in Sunday school. Not just the, I come to every single week to, to service. I come to church as much as I can. Not that kind of commitment. Are we committed to the Lord in a way that he is our Lord? That we take our marching orders from him. We listen to him. Are we committed to what he is committed to? He knows, uh, we know the scriptures tell us that he's committed to you and me and to people. It's what he's committed to. Are we committed to the Lord like he's committed to us? Or do we still have one foot in our kingdom? That's the illustration of the young child. As they grow, they're still trying to figure out just how to kind of take care of themselves. They haven't learned these principles yet. But we need to be taught these things too. We need to understand that when we commit ourselves to the Lord, we're now in his kingdom, that we're taking our orders from him, and he loves us. He's not going to ask us to do anything crazy that we can't do through the you know, empowerment of the Holy Spirit, so we trust him. And we go to him for these things. But are we committed to him? Or do we still have one foot in our kingdom and one foot in his? As we commit ourselves to the Lord and his well-giving, cheerfully, it would be some, something that we don't even struggle with. Yeah, I'm sure some of you have experienced that. You know, it's like we look for ways to get involved. Yes, we got to take care of ourselves to a certain degree. But the heart of our cheerful giving should be that we should be looking for places to get involved into blessing others and into the Lord's work. Our decisions to give will come from the heart that is grateful to God. That's really what it's all about, not because of a teaching from a pulpit or from a um, you know a plea in the church to give to this thing or to that thing. Our cheerful giving should come from a heart that is grateful to the Lord, and not from a compulsion to give or out of necessity, we will find ourselves cheerfully giving to meet the others uh, when this thing happens. You won't have a struggle. It won't be a sadness to, like, maybe Jack Benny was trying to figure it out, our money or our life. It won't be that way. It'll just come naturally. So let's take a few minutes like we do each and every um, week to try to just think about what the Lord has said through his scriptures and think about that question I ask you, are you a cheerful giver? If you've not ever asked the Lord to save you from your sins, we want to make sure that we make that an opportunity for you to do that. Uh, You can talk to me, you can talk to Nick, Brian, any of our elders. We wanna help you get to the Lord. If that's a step you need to take, remember the Macedonian churches? They gave cheerfully, but first, they gave themselves to the Lord, or they committed themselves to the Lord. If you need to do that, I suggest you do that first, and if you need help, I can help you. But let's take a few moments, and then I'll come back and close today um, in prayer. thank you for the opportunities you give us, for the resources you give us to be cheerful givers. We're so grateful that we can look to your word and learn these things and grow up in our spiritual maturity the way you want us to. Lord, I just pray that there's not one person in here that doesn't know you. I pray that each and every person has given their life to you and has committed to you. And now, as part of our service to you, Lord, um, we give cheerfully. Not out of compulsion or out of necessity, but out of our willingness to please you. That's That's what I pray for, Lord. That's what I pray this church has a heart for. So, Lord, as we leave today, may your words ring in our ears all week. We thank you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your love that gave him up for us. And it's in his name that we thank you. Amen. So as you go today, guys, just uh, think about those things. Ask yourself that question throughout the week. Again, I I think you know me by now. It's not a plea to, to make the journey anything great. It's to give God the glory through our giving, right? All right. so as you go, be blessed in Jesus' name.